Welcome, welcome to the Don't Be Invisible, Be Fabulous, a Mal in Her Shoes book launch interview. And we are now interviewing the amazing Connie Warden. Hi, Connie. Hi, Doris. This has been a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Oh, right in your book. I am so happy to hear that. I'm just, I tell everybody I'm so grateful and honored that you've chosen to share your story in our book project. I mean, it just, I have so much gratitude. So, so I'm so glad the process was amazing. I kind of like want you to give some insight into the process for you. How did it go? Um, it's quite the journey in releasing your story and letting it come through you and then owning and then you know where we're all going for those who's new to being an author is the owning this whole author embodiment so how was the process of writing it well at first when you talked about it it was really exciting and as i started writing i thought oh my gosh i can't do this i can't do this and i really wanted to give up and i know you and i talked a little bit and and i loved what you said about write about what's the most that's most honoring right because we want to share a story in the in a way that will honor everyone in the story and that was very very helpful for me so um so so i wrote it right and then i've had everybody not everybody it felt like <laughs> edit it my family i should say my daughter and my husband and i had the neatest conversations with them because of this story Mm. Um, and got even, you know, I've been married 32 years and some of the things my husband said to me was just, um, just, it melted my heart. Um, and so then when I sent it off, I was like, wow, wow. Um, I, so it, it was an up and down and up and down and I truly am glad I did it. Oh. Well, I'm so glad that you did it too, you know, because it, it's a journey. It's a different process, you know, to see how this, this evolves. And now we start out, you know, like, oh, everybody is very excited. Then you get into it and, you know, you have to travel back in a piece of your life to bring it forth. And then there are pieces of it, you know, and which is why I'm really, you know, very honest with people to just be like, let the story flow from your soul, but it also is your story. So you do get to choose what pieces of your story you want to reveal and how you want, you know, it to be such an honoring process, even though, you know, some of it still may be uncomfortable for some people to, to know, but that really did set you free because you were really concerned about that and I was like you know this is the whole thing it's your story is this is your story so I'm not gonna make you say things you don't want to say you know it's like no it doesn't serve anybody energetically and then what once you got that permission it the what you submitted was absolutely glorious thank you thank you and as you're as we're talking I'm kind of reminded of so for a couple of years now, I've been wanting to do people's eulogies 
while they were still alive. Mm. So they could hear that. And so I finally started this year because, you know, I have seven brothers and sisters. Um, one has passed, but um, and I, I got the guts to do it. And I think because I did this book, you know, um, because it's kind of hard. And so, for example, I gave a eulogy to my sister and her husband because they had a party and they celebrated their birthdays together. And my brother, one of my brothers was there and he says, oh, my God, I'm really worried about because his birthday was next. And and my other <laughs> sister's like, oh, what are you going to say? Because he's had an interesting life. right? <laughs> and one that, you know, um, and I was able to come up with just the, the I felt the right thing. And so. There is a way to, to say something really positive and not over glorify something, somebody, right? Like they say, all, all the saints die, you know, and they, everyone makes somebody a saint when it really may not be true. Right. And, um, and I learned something about him and how I really felt about him. Um, so that was, that was good. That just popped into my head well, how difficult it was to do this book. And then taking a couple of years to, to decide, how do how do I have the courage to do a eulogy to a live person? <laughs> right, right. That is amazing. That is amazing that you got to just give yourself really permission. Yeah, and it was it, again both cases were just took a lot of courage. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that's the beauty of telling the stories and that's what I want other women to feel from reading everybody's story is just the sheer courage it has taken you to be who you get to be today. Um, and so that if anybody has an experience similar or even if it's not similar, um, knowing just like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to hear or read um, to know that it, they can push forward. I'm like, that's why we do the books. Um, because women share a piece of their story, it sets free so many other women. It's just part of the big ripple effect. And I just feel so grateful that that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I know I've been inspired by so many people's stories. Um, and, and so I'm glad that I went through with it. <laughs> I know. And now so many people are going to be inspired by your story, you know, because I, Every woman does have a story, but every woman doesn't decide to share a piece of her story. And because all of you decided to share a piece of your story, um, you know, it makes it, I think the planet just gets a little bit more fabulous because there's just more people who are going to be shifted. And we never know who gets to be shifted by it but there's going to be somebody shifted and that ripple of that shift to be a part of something, even though we don't know it can literally change everything about the world, you know, cause somebody changes and it's just that whole ripple effect of who they get to be. And they, you know, could be through their children or their children's children. I mean, this is a powerful thing to become an author and leave your story cause it will be here long after we aren't here. Yeah. And somebody will still be able to be inspired by it. That's freaking exciting to me. Yes. Yes. And I have a question for you because 
the don't be invisible, be fabulous. Just, I just resonate with it so much. How did you come up with that? <laughs> well, I did not come up with it. It was part of my brand makeover. So I went to a business makeover um, in 2014 to really get a definitive brand for the work that I was doing. And so the guys that I work with that, you know, created with me the brand, they just took what I was desiring and, you know, things they heard me say that they really studied me um, really well. And I just thought how amazing because you just never, I mean, this is where you never know how people are really seeing you and looking at you. And when they revealed my new brand, and it was like the fat factor was new name of the company. And our mission was for women to don't be invisible, be fabulous. And I was like, oh my gosh, I freaking love it. It was just amazing that that was what they, where they were led and what they saw through me. And it was really a testament. I mean, I was scared of my own brand for six months because <laughs> I was like, woo. So I mean, rest of 2014, I was just like, what do I do with this? This is big. And then I kept being like, where, what's the message for me? Cause I was like, if this is my brand and this is our message for women that don't be invisibly fabulous, what do I need to learn from that? And really the, the learning was, and it was the shocker learning really for me was that, and I know it is my MO and I catch it and I get better at it. But there is, even as much as I'm out here and show up and do things, there is still so much of me that plays small and hides and is invisible. And no one would really think so because they think they, you know, see me and, you know, I'm so confident and I'm, you know, out there and I hold my own. But because there is another level that I'm really meant to be always continuing to go on and that's where it's always that reminder to don't be invisible, you know, don't be invisible, Doris, don't be invisible, don't hide, you know, be fabulous. And, you know, we broke down fabulous in a whole seven layer acronym of, you know, just what it really takes to carry on that embodiment of what fabulous really is in our company. So it was from a brand makeover and it was just really who they saw me being. Um, but yeah, that's how I got brought to life. Yeah, that is interesting. And when you think of how many people really do try to stay invisible and even and they don't want to, I think going through my life, that was the dilemma always, you know, coming from a large family. And, you know, like I wrote in my book, sometimes my dad was just would be quick to anger. And so I was very fearful a lot. And so I learned how to hide. I mean, that was my, my, my real, um, I mean, I could be a, an Olympic champion in hiding. Um, and also I wanted to be seen. Mm -hmm. And that was a, that was, um, and I think there's a lot of people that, that it's still easier to hide than it is to be seen. Yeah. Cause you know, the thing about it and when you really do decide to step out and, and create this life that you have impact, you know, you learn at that moment how critical it is for you to really just be committed to doing it 
because it's not easy and it comes with a lot of ups and downs and you know some things you may do that looks easy to other people because they have no idea what you're really faced with um and it's that it's that everyday you know thing to just own and really be it's why i'm all about unapologeticness because it requires that level to to show up to know you're worthy to know you are enough and you know by each one of you writing your stories that's i mean really that's what you're really saying to the universe i'm worthy to be an author i'm enough for this story to be told and for women's lives to be changed and that's huge that is huge I, I agree. And the part that I think is really important is that we're not perfect either. Like I, you know, I do a lot of, you know, yoga, teach yoga and talk about being mindful and present and, you know, heck there's times I'm not, you know, um, and it's not that. And I love that you said, you know, there's still things I work on in, in regards to that. And that doesn't mean that you can't tell your story. And I think that's what it was. I was always looking for, maybe I have to be more perfect. I don't, do you know, if you, do you know the Enneagram? Um, uh, I mean, I sort of do. Okay. I get confused because I've done a couple things and then, but I don't know if the Enneagram is the last one I just discovered through an event I was a part of. And maybe I don't know that, but is there two, I don't remember. There's two kinds, I think, or maybe I'm getting them confused. But one, I know whatever it is for me, I'm a manifester and I don't know which one that is. I have to, I know I have an email, but that, but I know there's another thing and I didn't do that quiz. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, the, I'm a five on the Enneagram and we, uh, fives can tend to um, want to know everything, everything, everything before you move forward. And so we don't move forward very much. <laughs> well, until you become aware. Right. right? And, um, you know, I have I have a couple of spiritual teachers. And yet I feel like it can be a spiritual teacher myself, even though I'm still working on myself. You know? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Because all you need to do is be, what did uh, Coach used to say to me? He goes like, said, all you need to do is be um, one or two steps above whoever you're going to be, you know, helping. And I was like, oh, okay. That sets you free right there. Cause it's like, there is somebody who is two steps behind you that needs you, what you got. That looks like, you know, you're like on top of the mountain to them. Um, but we have to remember. And that's, a, that's why I'm really big with telling women, you know, to say I am enough right now for who needs me next, you know, and I heard somebody say that, and I was like, this is the most powerful thing in the world. I am enough for whoever needs me next. Gosh, that's free. That really is. That is. That really is. Wow. I was looking. I had something by a quote. Well, anyway, it was a quote by Brene Brown. Yeah. And, you know, she, you know, she's such an awesome lady, right? And, um, and she writes about something, how she lost it. Um, and and yet she teaches, I, and I can't remember the story or what the um, situation was that she t tries to teach people to be aware of. And then here she was doing the opposite. And, and she goes, you know, just because you know it, when you get triggered really hard, 
you just may forget that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a journey. I mean, everything's a journey. I mean, this year, I mean, really clear and saying it all the time, you know, this year is really a big transparency journey for me to, um, and, and we, we, you know, for me and really the biggest transformation and in, in this journey has been really with this book, just the, um, you know, letting it be revealing, you know, when some people got upset that the book wasn't published um, and being very upset about being, you know, like really, you know. Yeah. Um, you didn't come to me. You didn't talk to me about it. You're just going to make these assumptions, you know, and I let myself feel that. I let myself be emotional about it because I was hurt. And I would have never revealed that before this year. I would have never done that. I would have never, I would have held it. I would have not let it, wouldn't even, you know, let it be like, ah, wasn't phased by it. And the reason I'm being really called to be more transparent because, you know, working with a couple people, they're like, tell me if you don't do that then people keep thinking that you don't go through anything you know it's like people are always shocked I remember when I was on a podcast um Kimmy Lehman's podcast and somebody heard my interview and she literally messaged me and was like oh my gosh I'm so glad to hear that you go through things and I just was like really just like shocked like really why would you think i wouldn't <laughs> you know yeah but i think that's that that's the thing is some a lot of people wouldn't share that um i think we're changing as a society and our culture um we're, we're changing that a lot i i feel like millenni millennials definitely i mean i'm just amazed yeah. at <laughs> what they'll yeah. say and that's the thing i was like i'm technically not of that generation that is that open. I mean, we just aren't going to be just sharing all that stuff. You know, all the things that go on. I mean, you just living your life and doing it, but they reveal every dang gone thing. I mean, I'm just like in awe. I'm like, wow, I don't even know how you do that. I don't know how you just document your whole life. <laughs> I know. Out in out in in everywhere, you know, just yeah, so it's that's why it's really harder for me. I was like, I'm a you know former corporate. I mean, the corporate person who you just are really professional, and that is just part of my demeanor. And you know, I've gotten more freer by doing my own business, but I am still extremely professional um, in that way. That you know, and you because you can you know. So it's it was an opening. So letting that freedom of just revealing that I was hurt and my, my soul was hurt, you know, and all that. It's like, this process is not that simple. You know, people want to think it is, but it is not to get women together, to get their stories out of them. Um, women who have to travel back in their life, you know, and, and deal with things that they, you know, packed away and you know you're telling it you got to go back there and when you go back there your emotions go back there 
and then revealing that. I mean, that's what you were saying to me, you too. You were like, you were in that place. And I was like, you just need to tell what you want to tell. And, you know, and then I was like, good, but, but that's the kind of thing. It's hard to do that. And when you have the person managing all that or holding space for women to be able to get there, that's a huge container that I open up for women to step into and for people to just think it's going to be A, B, C, D. No, no, no. And um, so, yeah. And then, then we get to the place where we get here and the book is in a divine delay. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I guess because um, I was talking because I'm writing a book and um, and they're saying, just so you know, the printing is the taking a really long time. I don't know if they have to catch up. Um, it seems really odd um, because of COVID. I mean, <laughs> it is bizarre. And I'm like, and, and the thing is we're in, I did the beta program with KDP um, to do a hard copy. So this is our first hard copy book. So it, you know, it's a different, even though it's the same process, it's a little, still a little different because it's a hard copy and printing is, oh my God, it's just like, yeah, you know, and spent the whole weekend and communicating and all that. And then Tuesday was just like, I got to let it go. It's, it's in the process. It's in the process. <laughs> yeah. You can't push the river. <laughs> I was like, there's nothing more I could do. It's like, it just it was like those points, like if you've done everything you can do there and there's physically nothing else you can do, then you just have to just be in surrender mode. And that was the, that was something that was eye opening for me because I didn't really realize I like to control things. Um, <laughs> I think we all have to deal with that. Well, I didn't know I really had it to that degree. Uh, I thought I was sort of set free from some of it. I've been I've been delusional about the fact that I like to control things and that I seriously want things to be the way I want them to be. And I was like, oh my gosh, what an insight that it has been. Because I would have thought I've been sort of set free from that way of being. <laughs> I just, I it is funny. I I just. I actually thought that I would get to a place in my life as I got older where I, I got it. I got it. Okay. You know, um, I don't have to strive. I don't have to, um, life's just going to be smooth and flow. And I'm like, I finally realized that's never going to happen. And there's always going to be something that, um, this human being is gonna, can learn. Yeah. You know, that can learn something. Yeah. And I mean, this book brought out some new stuff. I mean, it took me to another level. I shifted. I mean, this, you know, each book gets better. This one's better than the first five in so many ways, just because I grow and evolve and expand. Um, so I'm grateful for that. I'm, you know, totally grateful for it. So it's like, and then, you know, remembering that whole phrase, everything is happening. It's not happening to me. It's happening for me. And so it's like, it's, it's just, it is. It's, it's, and when it comes out into the world, it's going to be fabulous. So you're writing 
your your next book? Oh, I've been writing this for a little bit, but I've actually so it's called How to Be a More Mindful, Kindful Driver. Mm. Because I think driving brings out the worst in us. <laughs> I'm glad you laughed because the book should be funny. And um, so I had I've spent like three years really trying to change my driving habits and my my thoughts and my um, pissed offness. And it's been really wonderful because, of course, it's going to flow into the rest of your life. Um, and so, again, this has been one of those things. What am I doing? What am I doing writing this? You know, and um, and then I'll go back to it. And then, unfortunately, I lost the last one. Ugh. So anyway, I got some I'm going to get some help. Uh, and and of course, it's going to be a dot, uh, a polka dot that's going to help. So um, so that that feels good. That part. Yes, that is wonderful. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So you're so. At least by that time, you'll be able, because you'll already be in an author mode. Um, so you'll be like able to take that to the next level. Yeah, that did, that that really did help me. You know, that short story about uh, kind of how I went from being visible to getting out there and being okay with it. Um, although it's still hard, probably like you say, um, like I put something on Facebook, said, join me for yoga on Sunday, you know, and it's like, it took me a long time to, to, to tell people I do yoga and to join my online classes. <laughs> like, you know, why, why? Um, right. and, I mean, that's the journey. I mean, really it's like that whole owning that you're this woman entrepreneur and you teach yoga and you have yoga classes and join my yoga classes and, pay me and all that stuff. Well, I, well, and it's just like, you're not, you're not, not everybody's going to like my classes. You know, uh, I said, they're mindful, kindful. We bring in mindfulness and kindfulness and, and, and it's a process because it's really a process of remembering and forgetting, <laughs> you know, one time I went to the YMCA of the Rockies for this like week long, um, spiritual, they had all these yoga teachers and spiritual teachers. And so I went because Mark Nico was doing a little workshop and he's one of my, one of my favorite authors. And so I spent three days in the Rocky mountains in cabin and uh, just, just, you know, all spiritual work. And, and I started to drive away and I thought, gosh, how long is it going to be before I lose it? Right. So it literally was 10 minutes I'm driving away from the Rocky Mountains in this big red um, convertible cuts me off. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I started kind of like thinking, well, you're an idiot. Look, you smoke. You're not. You're, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, honey, <laughs> rain it in here. <laughs> and then I said, well, how long did that take? Oh, really? Ten minutes? <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh my gosh. So where do you see, you know, with, with sharing this story? So what are some other aspirations? Because now you'll be an author. Um, where do you see yourself really taking this to the next level? Has that really come together for you? Well, I did what I usually do. I was like, I'm not doing anything with it. 
click, it's gone, it's done. I'm not doing anything with it. I, I'm not going to even share it with my family. I mean, and then it's like, you know, you talked into our group about here's something, you know, other things you can do with it. And I thought, don't be invisible, be fabulous. This would be a great speaking thing and that would help people. Because I really feel in my soul that I still haven't lived up to why I came here. Mm. And so I think that's part of it. Part of my story of getting out there is part of why I'm, I'm um, still kind of know I haven't, I, I'm not there. I'm not, I'm not doing it yet. <laughs> well, you know, the type, the theme of the book is a mouse in her shoes. And I think that whole topic can be very, you can tie your story in to the, to the theme because too many women uh, look at other women at certain places and they either compare themselves to who she is or, you know, think she has this life that they want. Um, you know, and you really just want your life, the life that you have, and just make sure you are showing up for it and living it to the most, you know, as I say, the most fabulous way you possibly can. And not, and, and, and because you, because do you really want to walk a mile in her shoes? When it comes down to it, nobody wants to, nobody's going to want to walk my mile. They don't want to walk yours, you know, because we have our own and because we can't handle anybody else's life you know we weren't meant to um because to become who you are today there are things you've done sacrifices you made decisions choices investments um all those things come with the price of who you show up being today and so many people really don't want to you know for example i mean this is just a crazy little thing but it's even personal for me it's like um my oldest sister, like when I'm gone, when I go home to visit and to help with my mom, with our mom, you know, my oldest sister said, apparently said to my young middle sister, I'm the youngest, um, was that, oh, mom, you know, doesn't do the same thing when Doris is in town. Well, yeah, she does. <laughs> I just, I just handle it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's real interesting. I don't know why I am compelled to tell this story, but so my mom, my mom was on a couch with my dad and my dad had Alzheimer's and my mom was literally dying of lung cancer. Mm. And we had the, all, almost the whole family there. So it, it, in this small crowded apartment and I am at, I'm on the floor by my mom, like her knee. And I look and I said, I think dad really does understand at times what's going on, you know, because he had Alzheimer's, you know, sometimes you come and go. And um, my other sister, one of my sisters said, no, he doesn't. And I said, you know, I think he does. Oh, you think you know everything, don't you? And another sister said something and she said, well, you're just a fat blah, blah, blah. And now there's a fist fight between my sisters and then some of my brothers are trying to get in trying to get oh my god all because <laughs> she misread me i wasn't trying to be a know-it-all i just this it just was in my heart i really thought my dad knew um that was just a crazy time <laughs> families right 
Lord, yes. Because I'm like the whole thing of just making assumptions. You know, she, she wants to make, for some reason, her mind, she sees you as a know-it-all. Whatever that is, not your issue, but it, yeah. you know, it is. And it's like, it's that whole thing. It's like, I was just like, you know, it, but I, it's family dynamics are crazy and it's very, very intriguing, especially when one person decides to really live and be and do something different in the world than what the status thing is. And it, I'm so grateful that I think differently and that I show up in the world differently because I would not want to be um, in that kind of state and dysfunction <laughs> that, you know, some of my family lives in, you know, as far as how they think or what they, you know, do with their lives or everything. I'm like, you know, but I can't really talk about what I do because it is so different. It's not, you know, different in the fact that it's not the status quo. Um, and then, you know, people who don't, you know, get to do what they say they want to do, you know, be all mad and it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to school right now? I thought you were getting, um, I am, I'm getting, working on the master's, uh, and then doctorate in metaphysical science. Yes. I think you should tell us more about that in your in your posts and things like that. I'm really interested. Thank you for what would that, that be like? Well, you know, uh, to be perfectly honest, it was owning it for one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the reason that hope don't be invisible, that's a piece of it. Is that, you know, me hiding, you know, not showing up like, oh my God, I'm going to school for metaphysical science. Like I'm, this is what I'm getting a doctorate in. And when I got the undergraduate piece done, I can tell you when that diploma came, um, it took me a hot minute to be like, ooh. And then I showed it and then I finally took a picture of it and put it out on social media. And I was like surprised how many people were like, oh my gosh and stuff. But owning that, you know, it's like, that's another level of beingness and all this stuff and doing all this body of work and, oh yeah, totally hide it. You know, even though I have it there, like as a little category on my Facebook post, but I do not talk about it. But apparently I'm being led to talk about it because <laughs> it came through you. <laughs> yeah. So I will own that. I will own that, you know, in so many ways. Thank you for that. Because really, that is part of the reason we do like the the frequency fabology method came from just the learning of, you know, who you be frequency, your frequency and your vibration came from studying metaphysics and all that. And so that's a piece of that that we work with our clients on now, which, you know, is fabulous work. It sounds like it. See, I yeah. had no idea you did that. Yes, because it's always, a, you know, who women are being. That's, I mean, that's the focus um, is, you know, that who they're being. That's where we do it. Because I know from a metaphysical standpoint, you know, overcoming subconscious blocks and consciousness is a game changer. I even just got another post and I, you know, from a, client on you know just this month so far her income you know is more than she's ever made not that she didn't have the clients she just changed we just changed the pricing the investment and people are actually paying her so she's made more money 
this month than she would normally have made because her prices are more where she didn't believe there was anybody that would pay her that. That's see, I think that's great. I mean, that's uh, huge. Uh, I had a hard time, you know, so I had a hard time even telling people I did acupuncture since when a couple years, uh, decades ago, people thought it was so weird, you know? Um, so I, I'd never really, again, I think all my, all my things I've done in my life, I felt were not really that relevant and they really are, you oh, know, I finally got that. Game right? changers. Game changers. Yeah. Game um, changers. Acupuncture is a big game changer in your body. Oh, yeah. And meditation and yoga. I mean, in, you know, the whole product I made with the stress relief in a box. Um, I, I started a couple of years ago and I finally now feel like it's really valuable. I mean, come on, you know? Um, so yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, especially in the modality that you work in, that is an area where there are a lot of people devalue the gift of that work. And so they don't ever live in the bigness of what that work really does for trans, you know, changing people's lives. So I'm glad that you got it now to understand that that is a very valuable gifting that you have and do for people and you get to take it to the next in the next in the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you, one of the things was this gal, she gave me a check for my service for acupuncture and she says, I'm giving you a raise. And she made it for more than I charged. Oh, and I was like, Oh my God. Were you able to receive it? Absolutely. <laughs> what a lesson. I know. <laughs> what a lesson that somebody valued what you were doing more than you did. What a way to get that message. Right. Yeah. That you're really worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So any closing things you want to say about the author journey, being a part of the book, this is what your power quote was that you wrote, you know, when we asked everybody to finalize their chapter, but you said, uh, don't look to see what the world needs. Look to what makes you come alive. What the world needs is people who have passion. It goes something like that. Yeah, the, 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 the world needs people who, who come alive, who have, have aliveness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and so that really is it. And to have enough courage to, to bring that aliveness out and know that it's not for everybody I had to really, you know, um, that's it's. There's going to be people who say, you know, you're weird or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I knew that as a young kid, so <laughs> so I think it would. I think it's just that. What is it that makes you come alive? And I, you got to check in. I, it, it, what made me come alive at the age of 25 is not what's making me come alive. At okay, so in a few weeks, I turn 60. 60? Yeah. Wow. I know. And I just, it, there's times when I, I'll have to catch myself saying stuff um, about getting old. That's not in a positive way. So then I go, wait a minute. I get to turn 60. You do. And 60 isn't old. Thank you. <laughs> it is not old at all. 
Um, and this is how I know it's not old. I, and I don't know if she's still alive, um, but a couple years ago, and I don't know if you saw it, she also does yoga. Um, it was a woman who, who is English, lives in England, and she was turning a hundred and something. <laughs> and they were, you know, they had filmed her and was asking her and her birthday was coming up. And they was like, are you going something to, like, how are you going something about aging or something at a hundred and something years old? And she was like, well, I have to let you know, you know, if I feel old then. And I was like, this is why she was still in, the, I mean, she was driving still. She had bought, um, when she turned 90, her, that little, a mini coupe car. <laughs> and so that's where her car, she was still teaching her yoga um, classes and living her life. And I really, and when I heard her speak, I was like, this is why she's here on still on the planet. She's never associated aging with old. So she's like, I'll let you know on my birthday, if I'm feel old. So, <laughs> and it was like a hundred and something like 405, either 103, 405, something like that. That's such a lovely story and yeah. a very inspirational. If you ever figure out the name of that person. I will. I've been meaning, I might Google it after we go. Maybe it stay present in my mind. So after we go up, I can just, because she came through on my Facebook feed um, at that time and stuff. And I think it's because I was also, the algorithm probably short because I was watching the one um, woman, uh, Ernestine Shepard, who's I think she's in her 80s who um, is the oldest living bodybuilder. Oh my God. Yeah. And so she has a whole fitness because she started doing that and she did it late. She didn't do You know, she did it late in life, but she did it uh, after her sister passed away. Um, so I think she started like in her fifties or something like that, really doing her health. Cause she's wanted to live and be strong and healthy. And so now she, travels all over the world and teaches and has classes. I mean, she's a, she's a superstar and her Gosh. body looks amazing. That's awesome too. Right. Yeah. I she has, she did, she does things and she has some little heels. I mean, she, she has her whole little uniform for her things, but she wears little heels to do some of that work in. I mean, it's just fascinating. Her name is Ernestine Shepard. That. I do know, but so I was looking at her, but I had to find out the, the, it was two women who were like one in England and one in the United States, both yoga. So I was like, oh my gosh, it must be something about yoga that allows people to really embody something that most people don't know. Cause I guess it keeps you really functioning. There's it's the magic to a yoga. Well, that's what I love about it is it, it improves every area of your life mm. because it's about connecting within. I'll, I'll just, I'll end with this, which is kind of neat. Um, a yoga teacher I'm taking classes with about anatomy. It says the posture is just about going into the yoga practice, which is about self-study, about self-inquiry. It's not about the posture. It's about the, uh, it's just the vehicle, the inroad to learning about yourself. Mm. You know, and this book, did the same thing. So yoga is not the only thing that can do it. Many, many things, but writing your story, that's going to help you um, transform. That's how I'll end my. Yeah. 
It yeah. does. It helps you transform. It helps other people transform. And like we said earlier, it's part of the ripple effect. So yeah. Yes. Thank Honey, you for having me on. Oh my God. It's been a pleasure. This is the perfect interview to end because you're so calm. You can feel all the calmness and the energy that you bring to this whole thing. So I appreciate that because it's a good way to close out this day. Um, thank you so much again for, for being a part of the project, for trusting me to support you and sharing your story. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for having me on. Okay. Everybody, as soon as our book is released, we will let you know. And so remember to don't be invisible, be fabulous. Bye.